630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw, and Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown, Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up, and it is through. Sean White has done it again. It's off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back here towards side, he scores! Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. So we have a gold medal for Erica Weeb in 75-kilo wrestling. We also have a bronze medal, Megan Benfito, in the 10-meter platform dive. That are the Canadian headlines from today in Rio. Damian Warner in decathlon might be able to hit the podium in about 90 minutes. You'll know if... Andre de Grasse is on the podium again. He's going to run the 200-meter final. Uh, both the men's and women's 4x100 relay teams go into the finals on Friday. Some of your headlines right off the top as we roll into Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07. The Edmonton Eskimos will visit the Toronto Argonauts on Saturday. First trip to BMO Field for your green and gold. It's on 6.30, Chad. 12.30 pregame show, 2 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. And we'll tee that game up by talking to a couple defensive players, both very interesting guys. Jason Vega is the newest Eskimo. He's going to play on the defensive line at the end position. We'll also talk to Toronto defensive back, Keon Raymond, first year in Toronto after uh, almost 10 seasons in Calgary and a pretty emotional exit for him from the Calgary Stampeders. He'll give us some of those details uh, tonight as well. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. By the way, always love hearing from you. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. And we have some open line time right off the, uh, the the first hour tonight. If, if you want to weigh in, and uh, uh, we, we are going to talk a, a little bit of hockey before we get into the other stuff. And, and I know it's August 18th, and inevitably whenever we talk hockey in August, uh, I get text messages saying, uh, don't talk hockey, it's the summer. And when we talk other sports, uh, I always get text messages from people saying, uh, I don't like any other sport except hockey, and that's all I want to hear about year-round. So I'll put this under the category of, I know I can't win no matter what topic we start with, but I do want to talk uh, a little puck stuff today. Um, and this is some stuff I wanted to, that's kind of been percolating in my head, because as you know, Kellen Kennedy's on the other side of the window as our studio producer. Kellen, Hello. as you know, sometimes I just sit and think. I mean, it's not unusual to just walk into the sports department and find me thinking or look out into our garden area and just see me under a tree. Yeah, you just, always just having look, some thoughts. You look distressed, though, when you think all the time. You kind of, uh, it's just the, the vibe you get. It's like, it's, I, I look, I look distressed. Distressed. When I think. It's well, because like, thinking is a difficult thing for me. <laughs> you know, like some sometimes you see, I mean, I'm also a distance runner. Sometimes you see people at the end of a distance race, they yeah. look distressed. Yes. Uh, for me, it's thinking that gets me to that point. Good. Right? There you go. Hey. So, so I mean, this and this is why I like to do topics on on the show because I can hear what other people think and, Absolutely. and, and shut my own brain off for a second. Feedback is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I decided to make a little Twitter poll 
Uh, about 300 people have voted on it. Okay. You can find it on my account, at Reed Wilkins. You still have about an hour to vote. What rule change would you like to see most in the National Hockey League? Now, mm. Mark uh, Spector, our friend from Sportsnet, he's on with Bob Stoffer uh, usually once a week, said that the, the changes to the goalie equipment, the, cha- the changes to the goalie equipment likely ain't going to happen because there's a small group of goaltenders, perhaps a very small group of goaltenders, kind of saying, you know, we don't want this to happen. You know, we, we don't think this should happen. So it's, it's it, after the talk about this last year, uh, may not actually happen. And then I think we all know the situation with goaltending equipment. The choices I put, what rule change would you most like to see in the NHL? Smaller goalie equipment, outlaw shot blocking, or play four on four for the entire game? which I thought would get more votes. It only got 6%. 78% of those who have voted have, said, have simply said smaller goalie equipment. I think there are other things that the league could look at. Uh, so it's interesting today, that as this was percolating in my mind anyway, Drew Remenda from Sportsnet was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brendan Ulrich was filling in as the host today. And uh, Remenda kind of went on a couple of rants about the NHL needing to make changes to increase scoring. So I got one of these clips here I want to play. Um. People will talk about, you know, the purists, the purists. I always love that. The purists say this, the purists say that. If you look at any game, you look at any sport, the game evolves. The sport evolves. It continues to change in order to, to appeal to the masses. Because let's look at it. What the National Hockey League is, first and foremost, is a business. People have to understand that. And the business is to entertain the people. It's a sports entertainment business. So you've got to do things to keep the game appealing to the people who like your sport or even love your sport. So the game evolves all the time. The the game originally started off with 9-on-9, and then it went to 7-on-7, then it went to 6-on-6, and the game evolves. You you weren't allowed to fall to make a save. Now, of course, you can't. You weren't allowed to pass the puck out of your zone. You had to carry it. Of course, now you can't. There's all kinds of things that make the game different, make the game more entertaining, and open the game up. So there are things that the NHL could do, but in a game that is um, ruled by, uh, uh, I'm going to say old timers, <laughs> it's 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 hard to get it's hard to get people to understand that you've got to open up your eyes and see that the game many many nights is not worth the hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars that fans are putting down to go watch it. Well, I thought some great points there by Drew. If your team can't be an elite team because nothing I, I believe nothing sells like winning and, and certainly the Oilers haven't haven't won for a long time fans want to leave entertained and if you are attending a pro sporting event in North America let's just not limit this to the NHL you're probably paying a decent amount of money to go to the game I may, maybe Major League Baseball you, you can find some cheaper tickets and they play a lot of games you, you can sit in the bleachers or, or whatever but generally if you're attending an NFL game an NHL game or an NBA game, even to sit in the quote-unquote nosebleeds, you're spending a fair amount of money. Um, now, you're, you're paying for the best product in the world. We live in a society where we value our entertainment and, and we will pay for it. Um, but if your team can't consistently win or make the championship, and let's face it, there aren't, there aren't a lot of teams that are consistently championship contenders, what turns you on? Well, you want to be entertained and you want to see some action. There is the old debate about is there a correct number of goals that are scored in a game? I would argue no. Uh, I know a lot of people will say it comes down to action, not goals scored. 
but but here but the point Drew makes I I think is a good one and I personally believe that of the four major North American sports leagues, and if we were doing this talk show in areas of the United States, the NHL, by the way, would not fall into that category of one of the four uh, most watched leagues in North America. But because we are Canadian, we will include it. I think the NFL has been most willing to change, the NBA second, and probably the NHL a little more open to change than Major League Baseball, though I wouldn't categorize neither one very high on the totem pole um you know drew made the point that he believes the nhl is ruled by the you know the uh, old the, the the previous generations if you want to call it that now here's the thing i i think that if a, a, a pro sports league is doing it properly that you should be able to watch a game from 25 or 30 years ago and it should look quite different and I think the NFL leads the way in that. I, I think even if you watched an NFL game from the early 90s, it, it would probably look quite different than it does today in terms of the formations, the uh, amount of passing that you have, um, you know, the tempo that offensive play, the off that offensive play, the proficiency of the quarterbacks. Now, part of that is the natural evolution of athletes. Training always improves. Speed gets better. You know, coaching improves, all that kind of stuff. But part of that is the NFL has always adapted and said, if we're making a rule change, the offense wins. It, it, it goes in favor of the offense. I think the NHL has tried to do that. I don't think they've tried to do it nearly enough. And for some reason, they have trouble standing. Apparently, according to what Mark Spector wrote, they're having trouble here standing up to what sounds like a pretty small group of, of scorers, of, of goaltenders, and saying your equipment is too damn big and we don't care what you think. And you're going to have to suck it up and wear this equipment. If you're a good goalie, you're going to be a good goaltender. If you're the best goaltender, you will win the most games whether it's 5-3 or 2-1, you'll find a way to do it. So what, what, what would here, here's the thing, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm in favor of, of this, but what would be so detrimental about saying, yeah, let's play four-on-four. Four. Let's just have more room on the ice. And maybe coaches would figure out a way. What would be so detrimental about saying, let's say a guy can't leave his feet to block a shot? What would be so detrimental about having a line on the ice or, you know, an area like the key in basketball and say only two defensive players can occupy the defensive slot? You can't collapse all five guys in there. What would be so wrong about that? It, it may seem crazy now, but after three, five years, it becomes part of the game. And like Drew said, hockey used to be nine on nine, seven on seven. You used to not be able to kick the puck. Heck, in football, you used to not be able to throw a forward pass. Now, that was a century ago, but still, somebody sat down and said, you know, part of it was safety, but somebody sat down and said, things have to change. Uh, I'll get to some of your feedback on this. I got some texts. I got some tweets throughout the day. 630-630 is the text line. The phone number is 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thank you, disembodied voice man. 
It is 6.21. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So DeGrasse going to run in just over an hour in the 200-meter uh, final. We'll keep you updated. Gold in wrestling today for Canada, a uh, bronze in diving. All right. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Okay. Uh, this texter says, hey, Reed, I don't think they should change the game anymore. It's fine for now. It's just the way the teams are coached. They are more defensive and careful if you change the goalie pads the coaches will find a way around that same with four on four after all the three on three overtime it got pretty depressing for some teams because they simply didn't take any chances in overtime well fair enough i mean if you're saying it's the way the game is coached but i mean i think then doesn't it behoove the league whether it's the nhl or whatever league it is to counteract that and say okay coaches we're wise to you, so now you can't do this. We're gonna, we see what you're doing, and we're we're not just gonna suggest that you don't do it. We're gonna outlaw it. But I, so I mean, that I'm not like here's the thing. I'm not saying it's easy. This is this is a bit of you know it's a bit of a hypothetical discussion here, obviously, but yeah, I mean I, I don't think you just say well coaches are always gonna figure it out, so never change anything. I, I think you have to say. We, we we see what the coaches are doing, and, and now we have to tell them you can't do this. And in a couple of years, maybe you'll figure out something else. But in the time being, you know, maybe there will be more scoring. Uh, Jay says, how about bigger ice? Go to the Olympic size. I know it'll never happen because of seat revenues. But it would open up the game without changing it to the extreme of losing players, and four on four would mean less players. So I can't see the NHLPA ever agreeing. Personally, uh, I don't agree that a, a bigger ice surface would mean more scoring or open it up. I think that um, a lot of times the puck is farther away from the net it, because, a, let's face it, a lot of hockey happens along the boards and in the corners. Uh, Scott says, I've been watching hockey for over 30 years. It's at an all-time low as far as entertainment value. Way too many blocked shots. I have no interest in watching a guy who's supposed to be scoring goals, blocking shots. That is the problem. Here's what Drew Remenda had to say to, to Brendan earlier today about outlawing shot blocking. The, the goalie thing, you know what, I'm not sure why it's taking them so long to change the goalie's friggin' pads out. But when I look at shot blocking, that... You've got guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins blocking a shot out at the point. When I pay a goaltender millions of dollars 50 feet away, he should be able to make that stop. I'd outlaw shot blocking. I'd outlaw, I would outlaw intentional shot blocking. I would. That's one of the things I think it's... I think it, you can't explain to me that you can guarantee if I block a shot out at the point that that shot would have gone in. But I can guarantee you that eventually that shot's going to ring off one of my forward's ankles or my defenseman's hand or whatever the case may be, and I'm going to lose a guy for a long period of time, a.k.a. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. So that's the other thing I'd take in. So this whole thing about shot blocking, shot blocking, shot blocking, for crying out loud, that's why you got a goaltender. Um, the, other thing I would, the other thing that I, I look at and I, I, think is, I think it's 
that we drill into players all the time and we did as coaches, you got to get to the front of the net, get to the front of the net, get to the front of the net, get to the front of the net. So when you watch a game, how many times do you see a situation in the front of the net where there is literally four guys, five guys in front of the net? Shots don't get through. So the the NBA comes in and they, they decide, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make sure that you can't stand in front underneath the, in the key all the time. I like the rule of um, um, in international hockey, and Ray Ferraro was talking about it during the World Championships, that whole, you know, if you're standing in the, in the crease or you have your foot in the crease or anything else, bang, we're stopping it and we're moving it out. Let's get the game, let's get the game going where they take all those question marks about guys at the net all the time and in the crease and all that. So I think there's things that you look at with, with coaching and you look at with the way the game is being played because of the coaches drilling into these guys, all these things defensively that have taken away the opportunity to score goals. I, th- I think the game needs to be opened up. All right. So there's some Drew Remenda from uh, earlier today. Uh, VR Greg texting in says, uh, just give the players softer shin pads. <laughs> well, and that's another thing with the equipment. It's uh, the, the pucks and the sticks hurt a lot less than they used to. So you're, you're more willing to, to get in the way. Here's an interesting suggestion from Paul. He says, here's a way for the league to encourage offense. Award the number one pick to the highest scoring team for the season. Hey, you know what? I like the way Paul is thinking. You're going to make change, make change. Think outside the box. Don't tweak. Actually swerve with the car. Uh, some other interesting texts come in. I have some tweets I want to get to as well. We'll continue with this topic for a little bit into the next half hour. We do have plenty of football as well. Your Eskimos are getting ready to play. We'll introduce you to the new guy on the defensive line. Jason Vega will join us on the show. And uh, later on tonight, from the small town of Merithorpe to the TSN anchor desk, we'll go through the journey of TSN's Kelsey Braid. That's going to be fun as well. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you after the news. just business? Hmm, maybe it's just us, but at Sherwood Honda, we don't think so. There's a person on the other end of that deal, whatever that deal is, and we like that. We like you. That's why we do this. Is it business? Sure is. Is it just business? Nope. And we're guessing not to you either. At Sherwood Honda, when we're looking after you, that's when we mean business. Every day, ovarian cancer kills five Canadian women. That's five women too many. But our voices are still not loud enough. Join us on Sunday, September 11th for the Ovarian Cancer Canada Walk of Hope to remember those we've lost and to support those who need us most. Because when we combine our voices, we can be heard. Let's be louder than ovarian cancer and walk for the future of every woman. Sign up today at ovariancanada.org. Canada against the world. World Cup of Hockey this September on Edmonton's exclusive home for live play-by-play. 6.30 Chad. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chad. Speaking of bigger, or pardon me, shrinking goal equipment, when it was talked about late in the regular season for the upcoming season, and now it looks like it's not going to happen, Cam Talbot said, that's fine. I, I believe I'm athletic enough to make stops, that I'm not making saves because of my equipment. 
It's Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is 6.34. So, Canada, a couple medals today, maybe two more tonight. We're keeping an eye on the decathlon and the 200-meter uh, final. That's going to happen in about an hour. Uh, Ian in Hay Lakes says, Reed, the rule change suggestions sound designed to increase scoring. Goalies seem to be six to eight inches taller than they used to be. They seem to be able to butterfly and still have their head above the crossbar. What about making the net taller? You increase the uncovered area of the net without cutting in on the play areas between the corners and the posts, and uh, the goalies could still have the padding that allows more aggressive play on hard, hard shots. That is an interesting one. That is an interesting one from Ian in Hay Lakes. Thanks a lot for listening, man. Um, you know, a lot of the talk around making the nets bigger has been making them wider by an inch or two and maybe taller by an inch or two. Well, Ian's saying keep the same width, make them taller by six to eight inches so you can see more of the net when the goalie goes down in the butterfly. I wonder if that would change, you know, shots that are, are lobbed in a little bit more or... Uh, you know, I guess it would allow you to elevate the puck a little bit more from in tight and maybe still score as opposed to flipping it over that. I like that thinking. I, I don't mind drastic suggestions because personally, I'm not afraid of drastic suggestions. And, and I think, and I'm, and I'm, look, I'm not going to say I've never used this argument myself, but I'm not a big fan of the argument, well, that's the way it's always been. So we can't change it. I, I, I think we as humans are resistant to change. But I think once the change happens, it becomes part of it, and you don't think about, quote-unquote, the old way. I mean, designated hitter, three-point line. And there have been massive changes in hockey. I mean, you used to have to serve the entire two-minute penalty. And uh, Brian tweeted me and said, why not go back to that? If, if you are penalized, your guy has to sit off for the whole two minutes, even if you allow a power play goal. That would be quite a change. Power play is humming, or they just cash in. You know, they score They score off the face-off on a power play four seconds in, ten seconds in. you still got another minute 50 on the power play. Wouldn't that make a penalty more punitive? I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to penalize the team that took it for two minutes. Uh, Knee Deep says, taking the point shot block out will take away one of the most exciting plays in hockey. The bounce off the shin pads and then the race is on. <laughs> uh, Knee Deep says, love you guys. Well, thanks, buddy. Oh, now we're getting some uh, funny guys. I, I, I do enjoy your sense of humor. Dave says, use two pucks. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> Sean says they just need to play the right way. Sean loves to texting me that. If they use two pucks, could you get both of them in deep? That'd be my question. Because you got to get pucks in deep, and you got to stay on the right side of the puck. Here's the thing. If they use two pucks, it would be that much harder to be on the right side of the puck. Because there'd be two of them. This texture says there are too many teams in the NHL, too many low-caliber players. Extend the penalties for the full two minutes or five minutes. Well, if you do get a five-minute major, you got to serve the whole thing. Uh, this texture says reduce the number of games, increase the number of playoff teams, and reduce the first two playoff rounds to five. Uh, we're trying to change too much for the good old hockey game. That's a text of 630-630. 
Sean, Sean also says, enforce the Ovechkin rule where the wingers stay out of their defensive zone. Would that be something if you outlawed back-checking? If you just said only three guys can come back and defend? That'd be crazy. Uh, Dave Leppard says, uh, Reed, I think sports need to evolve just like the rest of the world around it. Oh, here's an interesting one. Maybe they can work in an extra point in the standings for scoring four goals in a game. Instead of hanging on to a lead, you push to score four goals. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, Gordo says, don't be so stupid. Look at Grant Fewer and make the pads to them specs. All right. Well, everybody had pads like Grant Fewer in those days. That, that's the point. Everything has changed. I don't think they're going to go back that far. Uh, Edmonton Oilers Forever on Twitter says, get rid of the trapezoid, the instigator, the over-the-glass delay of game, and the coach's challenge. Jordan says, how about calling penalties the way they should be called? Uh, a couple other people texted me that too, that they want the rules uh, enforced more to the letter of the law. Now, the NHL, since the lockout that wiped out the entire season in 0405, coming out of that, they changed some of the rules. They tried to call more penalties. There were more power plays. There was more scoring for the first couple of years out of the lockout. Uh, that's obviously tailed off. Here's, my, here's how I would challenge that, though. Here's how I would challenge that. I think if there were more penalties called, most of you would probably quickly revolt against that because it's my experience, my experience that ultimately fans want officials to stay out of the way. And, and as a matter of fact, there, uh, there was a book a few years ago called Scorecasting that, that, uh, that did a chapter on, on that, and, and that's what it found, the authors of that book found, that ultimately... When it comes right down to it, most of you, I, I think, would prefer le fewer penalties and that officials stay out of the way. Um, now, I know sometimes you think, well, was that a hook? Was that a hold? Yeah, you always want it called when an oiler is fouled. You don't want it called when Brandon Davidson barely gets his stick in the other guy's feet and the guy steps on his blade and goes down. You don't want that called, do you? So I... I I don't know, uh, you know, certainly more power plays would lead to more goals, but as a hockey fan, do you want to watch 30 minutes of power plays? Do you, want, do you want to watch, you know, seven power plays each, for example? What would that add up to? 28 minutes. Do you want to see close to half the game played at not five on five? I don't, I would think if that happened for this year, a year from now or nine months from now, you'd be calling into me and saying that was a disaster. They have to go back to letting the players play and not calling absolutely everything. That Just my opinion from having, you know, done this show for three years and talked to a lot of sports fans. I, I, think, if the, I think if there were more power plays, most of you would revolt. Now, I think if the power plays, you had to serve the, if the penalized guy had to serve the entire two minutes, even if his team was scored on, that's different. I, I, I think most of you could roll with that. Uh, but I think saying, you know, well, call the rule book, call, call everything. I, I don't know. I, I think that would get old pretty fast.
Somebody says get rid of offsides. <laughs> wow, that well that's that'd be really drastic. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, what else do we have here? The over the glass delay of game. Sure, I don't know if I would consider that a ma uh, a major rule change. Uh, Conradical says uh, want to increase scoring, get rid of offsides. Basketball did, and scoring went up. Well, they never had an offside in basketball. Uh, he does say give out three points for a win. And, uh, yeah, he also says give – He a couple people have said they like the idea that if you score four goals in a game, you get an extra point besides winning. Would you count empty, empty net goals? I guess you'd have to. Blair says no matter what rules you change or modify, the teams over time will find ways to adjust and we will end up back to where we started. Fair enough. But, but I, 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 Blair, I still don't think that means that you do nothing. Right? I mean, we're all going to be dead someday. That doesn't mean you don't try to be healthy while you're alive, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I, I go to something that grim. Sometimes I'm a little macabre. Uh, I mean, somebody texted in and said shot blocking, uh, outlawing shot blocking is impossible. Well, how do you know? You ever tried it? I mean, that's all I'm saying. I mean, don't, don't shut the door on any ideas. I mean, a lot of, no, nobody, very, well, not nobody, very few people have texted or tweeted me and said the NHL is fine. Very few people out of all the texts I've got tonight have said the NHL is fine, there's enough offense, I'm entertained almost every time I watch a game. Very few of you have said that. So I, I think saying things are impossible, eh, don't say they're impossible. Uh, we're going to take a call here from Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, how are you doing, Reed? Doing great. What's on your mind? Hey, I just, uh, I just wanted to uh, maybe give a little bit of my opinion here on this penalty thing. Um, you know what, I find it kind of interesting that... Uh, talk about you know removing penalties adding penalties whatever i've never ever watched a playoff game where i wanted to see penalties i always thought it was great when the refs stayed out of it to let the guys play right well yeah for sure i mean that's that's how i i mean look how many times after an eskimos game this year if people called into dave and said there's too many penalties right exactly. so is right. that now again is that on the rules or is that on the players it's probably a common, but a lot of people have said, here's the thing, the CFL, let's just use this as an example, the CFL tightened up the roughing the passer rule, right? So you can't slap a quarterback on the helmet. You can't hit him below the, the knees. And now a lot of penalties get called where it's like, oh, my God, the guy hardly touched him. A lot of people would want to do away with those rules. Now, when Damaso Munoz launches himself into Riley and cuts his forehead, that's different. But a lot of the other ones in that Ottawa game, several, you know, there were, there was mixed, mixed opinions, but a, but a fair number of people said, I would be fine if that wasn't a penalty. So I actually don't think, in general, fans want more penalties. No, I think you're right. I mean, more penalties is... Is, is a bad thing in my opinion, but I mean penalties are needed just the same. I mean, it's obviously that you know you're dealing with people who've done something they shouldn't be doing on the ice, which is just perfect reason for a penalty. But you know, how many times have you been watching a game and you go, "Geez, come on, you should have called that," you know? Or you know, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. One thing that I can say though that I never want to see in hockey is more advertising, like advertising on the jerseys. They talked about that, and I hope that never comes in. Well, they're, you know, they're doing it in the World Cup, right? They are. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Jason says play four-on-four four the entire game. 
this person says, get rid of fighting. Every fight I get so disgusted, I just turn it off. That's not a popular opinion in Canada, but I think it's gaining more steam. I don't know if that would make open up the game offensively, but there are some people who are ready to get rid of fighting. Mike, you're going to have to help me here. Because I, I just said to a texter there was never offside in basketball, and the guy wrote back and said they did have offside in basketball 50 to 60 years ago. I don't think that's right. I don't think there's ever been offside in basketball. You know what? I used to play basketball, and I don't I don't ever recall there being an offside. I do recall when once you cross the center line, you can't go back over the center. Over and back, yes, that's not offside, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. I've never I've never heard of an offside. If if that texture has evidence of that. Uh, send it to me. I, I don't want to be a jerk and shoot it down. I just Googled offside in basketball. Uh, I, I didn't find anything, but if, but if I'm wrong, I, I, I fine. I, I will be wrong. I just don't think there's ever been offside in basketball. Mike, thanks a lot for calling. Thanks a lot, Reed. Take care. All right, that's Mike. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, quick timeout, and then we're going to get to know our latest Canadian Olympica gold medalist. You'll find out more about Erica Weeb, the wrestler, when we get back. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So the medal total for Canada, and it could go up tonight in decathlon and the 200 meters. Right now it's at 16. We had Ann Merklinger on the show last night. She's the CEO of the Own the Podium program. They want to do better than they did in London, which was 18, so we're getting there. Canadian women's soccer team playing for bronze tomorrow. It is uh, 10 bronze, 2 silver, and 4 gold. The latest gold, courtesy of wrestler Erica Weeb. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Mitch Osberg, who was her uh, wrestling coach at the University of Calgary. Mitch, thanks for doing this on uh, short notice. You must be pretty excited. Very excited. Uh, Erica had a great performance, and uh, an Olympic gold medal for her country is just wonderful. I mean, look. I'm not gonna. Uh, I watched the match. I'm not gonna claim to be a wrestling expert. Is is that rare to to get a a shutout like she did, or take us through her performance in that match? Well, Erica was ready to perform in the final. She had building been building momentum throughout the competition. We saw she was a little tentative in her first match, and she had some tough middle matches. Uh, and and but she was growing in confidence, and you could see it coming. Like you could see it building. And when she went out and, and shut that girl out, she, she scored on defense, she scored on offense, she dominated her tactically. It, it was a, just a great athletic performance. Um, tell us a little bit about Erica's progression through her career. I, I mean, uh, a, lot of, a lot of really good athletes play a variety of CIS sports. Uh, not a lot of them, though, go to the Olympics or, or win gold medals. How, how was she able to separate herself? Well... It started, Erica was a, a, uh, an athletic talent in high school in Ontario. Uh, a great Albertan, uh, Christine Nordhagen, she's a six-time world champion, but Christine saw her and said, look, kid, you got to get to Calgary and commit to this sport. And Erica, I, I recruited her for the Dinos. She, she committed, and she spent five years growing into her role. She wasn't a champion the first year in, but she grew into being a CIF champion and, and just kept progressing and progressing and and with coaching uh from paul ragusa and uh, lee verling our women's national coach who's a calgarian and paul lives in calgary and and she just step by step did the things that an athlete needs to do to to realize the performance she had today she she had in international matches beaten everybody she needed to beat over the course of a two or three year period but not all in a row but she had plugged away at it and and she's a workhorse she just 
she just kept working and working and working. And it's full credit to Erica. She's the one that did the work that won the gold medal. Uh, I, I mean, uh, are, are you still involved in, in, in coaching her, or, or how does that... Uh, does, I mean, I know she, she lifted up a coach today, I think, after the match and <laughs> paraded around a little bit. Uh, who else is, uh, be, besides you, who else has played a role for her? Well, the, the, the folks that I had mentioned. I mean, uh, Lee Verling is a Calgarian. He's our women's Olympic coach and national coach and has been for a number of Olympic cycles. He has done a wonderful job. Uh, our high-performance coach within our within our group uh, at Dinos Wrestling, uh, uh, Paul's done a, a great job. I mean, Paul Ragusa coached Carol Wynn to a gold medal in Beijing, so here he is again in another Olympic final and coaching a, a Calgary athlete to a to a gold medal. Uh, it's like he's done a wonderful job, and and I played my part. I, I was a I'm the university coach, and Erica spent five years with the Dinos, and I did what I could with Erica and. And uh, she, she's been a joy to work with. Erica is a workhorse. She works hard every day at practice. She's like the, the thing that you want as a coach, that kid that just believes and, and, and does the work every day. Uh, I mean, I should mention for people who don't know, she won gold in, in, in the Commonwealth Games uh, in 2014 in Scotland. So, I mean, this is hardly out of nowhere. She's, she's, she's been up there before. Uh, she is 27. I have to ask you this, um, because all sports have sort of different peaks and different, uh, uh, you know, ranges for how long a career can last. Is she old for a wrestler, or, you know, could she still very well be a contender in 2020? Well, that'll, that'll be up to Erica. She is at the, the peak of her athletic career now, and whether she wants to extend it, that'll be a personal choice of hers. She'll have to make it. But... Uh, we've had other athletes. Uh, Tanya Verbeek has extended her career. She was a two-time Olympic medalist. She went on uh, later in her 20s. Uh, Carol Wynn extended her career all the way to London and, and, and stayed with the sport. I hope Erica chooses to continue and, and perform for our country. But, but that's her choice. Uh, that She's the one that's generated this gold medal, and she can choose. Right on. Well, Mitch, thanks for uh, telling us a little bit about uh, Erica's performance and obviously her her uh, her attitude and and her character. Certainly, that was as as big as her physical ability in getting the gold medal today. Really appreciate you taking time to join us, man. Thank you. That is Mitch Osberg checking in tonight. He is the uh, head coach of the UFC Dinos wrestling team, and uh, as he mentioned, he coached Erica Weeb, and she gets the gold today in the 75-kilo wrestling in Rio. Megan Benfito, a bronze in the 10-meter platform, diving. I had a texter right in. in uh, oh, i got to find it now. Yeah, this texter said, uh, hey, Reed. Uh, Ming says, who got the gold in diving? My guess, it's the German women's soccer team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the, uh, they will never be forgiven for knocking Canada out the other day. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to get to know Jason Vega. He is your newest Edmonton Eskimo. He is an interesting dude. Interesting guy. He was, uh, he was selling cars. He was hoping to still play football. And uh, he's going to explain as well why his mother is such an inspiration to him in his life and his football career. That's when we get back. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.